Okay, good morning, everyone. If I can encourage you to get a nice hot drink, a cake, grab a seat, and we'll get started. The timer is on. Just don't do what I'm always tempted to do, which is text Stuart during the preach to kind of distract him halfway through. But is there purely for a timer? Good morning. If we've not met before, my name is Matt, and I am delighted, privileged to be part of the leadership team here at Real Life Church. Um, I'm married to the beautiful Phil, um, and together we're part of the the leadership team. We specifically lead the worship team, but we also do more than that in terms of caring for the church and helping to run and look after the church. I'm part of kind of the eldership journey that's going on at the moment, which has been, again, an exciting part of my personal journey. And I'm also the vice principal of an all-through Christian secondary school, an all-through Christian school in the centre of Birmingham which again brings its own challenges, delights, and uh, moments in life. Now, I've said that quite a few times before, so I thought I'd say, what could I tell you that you might not know about me? Um, So, when I was 16, highlight of my life, honey, when I was 16, I played in a rock and roll band called The Heartbeats, and more than that, I used to look pretty much like Buddy Holly. It's, It's been said that if my wife had met me when I was 16, we may not be married today. (laughs) Uh, It was an interesting look. I had thick rimmed glasses. I had big quiff of hair back then. (laughs) (laughs) I should have mentioned as well, I've got two beautiful children, completely unrelated to my hair, Delta and Blue. Um, But yeah, it's great to be part of her and part of this church. So in terms of the life's playlist... um, talk to you a little bit about my musical tastes, because I get the opportunity to. So my musical journey started, as I say, growing up. My dad listened to a lot of rock and roll, a lot of Beatles, a lot of 60s music. So I had a real love for kind of the 1950s kind of rock and roll, the early days, Eddie Cochran, Buddy Holly, all that kind of stuff, branching into the Beatles as they got going. As I got a little bit older, I gradually started to catch up through the decades. So kind of 18, 19, loved a bit of Bon Jovi, down the pub in the jukebox. We listened to a lot of Bon Jovi, The Joker, all that kind of stuff. So we've gradually kind of caught up. I then fell in love with The Commitments. Uh, I love the music of The Commitments. We've had the privilege of seeing them in concert. It was absolutely amazing. We went to see The Commitments on St. Patrick's Day, which was just... can't describe how good that was. Um, I actually, at one point, threw away The Commitments DVD because it's got quite a lot of swearing in that film, but I still love to listen to the soundtrack. Blues Brothers, another classic, getting the band together kind of film. You can kind of see where I'm going with this. More recently, Ed Sheeran, Avicii, anything with great vocals. Gavin James, and most recently, this week, live in concert in the centre of Birmingham was... Hanson. (laughs) Who's with me? Umbop, where's the love? Anyway, Hanson, they, they were amazing. If you get the chance, go see them. We got upgraded twice in that one, so that was amazing. Also listened to a lot of Christian music. Um, my wife, Phil, is brilliant at um, listening to lots and lots of albums, trying to see what's out there, what's good. The worship team, other people around us are great. There's so many good Christian albums out there. Personally, I love um, music that I can kind of connect to. So I really like kind of contemporary, current, good quality music. So I love that in worship music. I don't see why we should sacrifice the quality of music because it's church, you know, it's Christian music. I think we can easily, easily do both. And I love songs that talk about who God is. 
Okay, and that's what we look for a lot at this church. We look for songs that describe how amazing our God is, and then we can respond to that ourselves. I don't particularly enjoy singing songs about someone else's response to God. I like having my own response to the truth of who God is. So we're always looking for great songs that just declare how awesome he is. So in terms of where we're going in the series, um, we are going through the um, Psalms of Ascent. And we're landing today on Psalm 124, which is a psalm of deliverance. I'm just looking at the back because I'm going to see if we've got a song. No, we haven't. Okay, that's fine. You wouldn't want that right now. (laughs) Is it going to be a no? A couple of minutes. Okay, we can talk. We can go forward. We can come back. Okay, so I'm going to talk partly this morning about choices and life and the things that life throws at us. And we'll listen to the song in just a minute. And I'm going to try not to give away what it is. Um, But part of this is what could have happened if I was living my life without God? What could have happened in my personal life if I hadn't been living in this world with the God who made this world? which is why I've got this kind of dice down here, and I'll refer to this a little bit. Because um, if I think back to key moments in my life, there was a point where I was 21. I was almost graduating from Nottingham University. I was studying maths with engineering. I'd started applying for jobs, because that's what you do as you're leaving university, or you decide to stay there a little bit longer. And I got a job at the Ministry of Defense. So I'd been down for my interview. My intention was to graduate, have the summer off, move down to Farnham, Farnborough, down that part of the world, join the Ministry of Defense in kind of their R&D department, weapon systems, using some of my mathematical engineering skills. At the same time, I became a Christian at university, and I got baptized at university, and I invited my parents up to my baptism. They heard my full testimony for the first time. And at that meeting, when the the guy was preaching, said, look, is is anyone touched by what's been going on today, what we've heard, what's been said? Um, My dad stood up, and I heard this kind of shuffle of a chair behind me, and I was like, and it was my dad responding. And actually, from that point, my mum and dad moved back to our hometown, uh, where they lived. They got plugged into the community church, which is where some of us are from. And then I kind of, um, yes, that was the start of a very exciting journey for my family. But at that point, this opportunity arose to join a year team in Bishop Stortford. A guy called Reese Scott was putting a band together. <laughs> you know how I like putting a band together. And um, he was, it was a year team. So it was theological training, it was music, it was working in high schools. And I had a decision. Do I go down this road and follow the year team? Or do I start my career at the Ministry of Defense and go down this road? And at that point, when I look back, this was such a critical moment. I think whichever road I'd taken, I know that God would have been with me. I know whether I went for the the year team or the job, God would have shaped my life. God would have looked after me. Everything would have turned out wonderfully. I know that, and I'm secure in that knowledge. But it still makes me think sometimes, well, if I hadn't done that, would I have gone back to Bishop Stortford and met the beautiful Phil? Would I have met my wife? Because she was there in Bishop Stortford. And to be honest, we really got to know each other more through being in Bishop Stortford, where I was on year team. One of the first memories is me playing keys in a band with a bright blue shirt, um, where she kind of noticed me. Great. Um, But, you know, God, God would have worked things out anyway. But would my life look different now? 
Um, Bishop Stalford, 10 years ago, it's a friend of ours, 40th birthday coming up at the moment. Actually, when she turned 30, we went away with a bunch of, I was going to say the 20s, but we're kind of 20s, 30s. And that's where I first really spent a lot of time with Melanie and Stuart. I remember going away for a birthday, walking in it was sort of a country park, wasn't it, having this chat with Stuart. Stuart was just describing to me what God had put on his heart as a vision of church. And I was like, wow, you know what, Stuart, I like that. I like that a lot. And actually, when you go and do that, I'm really interested in coming with you. It's a really important part of my journey. But had I not chosen to do year team, it kind of made me think, what could have happened? Where might I have ended up? And uh, what would life look like today? Okay, two seconds. Um, So I know that God's hand would have been on my life no matter what. But it gives me an assurance knowing that God was watching over my life that whole time. When I came to make that decision, job, year team, job, year team, if it had been like just throwing a dice and it was all down to chance, who knows what could have happened. But what we're going to look at today is that assurance that when we kind of face difficult points in our life, that God is for us, God is watching over us, God is helping us, and God is shaping our lives. Is that okay? Okay, should we play the song? sing along. I won't. Thank you. Go on then. Okay, what's the song? Bye. Okay, year. It's always, it's always over here, isn't it? Yes, Neil. It is 1971. Well done. So we're talking John Lennon and the... And the... We've got the the, um, Plastic Ono Band with the... Flux. Flux Fiddlers, thank you. I thought I'd try and catch Neil out on that one. Um, So yeah, so imagine. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. So imagine what could have been if God's hand hadn't been on our lives. Can we play the video as well? Okay, don't worry. Um, Who's seen the film Sliding Doors? Excellent, that's fine. Imagine you've just watched the trailer and the the first bit of Sliding Doors. There's a moment in Sliding Doors where she comes running down the staircase to the tube station... And as she's kind of running down, she's in a hurry, she's in a bit of a fluster, and this little girl comes running up. And in the first clip, as she kind of runs down, the little girl's in the way, playing with the little doll, she kind of stops, and she kind of goes around the little girl, she gets down to the, under the tube station, and the door closes, and she doesn't get on the train. And then it pauses, there's kind of a rewind, she's back on the staircase, and she comes running down the stairs again, And this time, as the little girl goes to play with her doll, the dad just moves it very gently out of the way. She runs past and she gets on the train. And the whole film then is about this kind of split life, isn't it? What what could have happened if she got on the train? What happened if she didn't get on the train? And it all kind of plays around this fact that a, a momentary change in life can have such a dramatic effect, which is kind of the story I'm trying to tell you about my life in terms of the job and the year team. What can feel like quite a momentary decision of event can have a real shaping on the rest of our lives. 
And what I'm trying to bring out from today's talk, what I think what God wants to say to us, is that we walk this road with him. So actually, for her running down the, um, for Gwyneth running down the stairs trying to get on the train, that was just luck, it was just chance. There's no sense of anyone directing, helping or anything like that. But for us, when we face these difficulties, when we face these challenges, God is with us. God will help us. Even if you don't realize it, God is poking and prodding, interfering and helping us. Okay, let's read then Psalm 124. This is one of the songs for the pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Let all Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Let's have a bit of participation. Let's say that together. Let all Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side? That's the big question. When people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So we're going to look at the God is for us sandwich. We're going to start with God is for us, what could have been. Then we're going to look at the danger is real but not ultimate. And then God is for us, he delivers and rescues. So firstly then, God is for us, what could have been. Just think about your own lives for a minute. Think of the lives of the people around you. What would have happened if God had left us on our own to do whatever we felt like? What if God had just completely removed himself from our lives? What if life had unfolded in a different way, a decision had taken us down a different pathway? What if God had not stepped in in the way that he did in our lives and shaped us and moved us in a particular direction, introduced us to a certain person or to certain people on our journeys? And like in the context of this psalm, what if people attacked us and God wasn't there watching over, helping us? What if we were suffering at the hands of man, which is what they're talking about here, the hands of people, and God hadn't been there to help us, to give us courage, to give us strength? And the the exact context of this psalm isn't known. And I've read quite a few books and studies around this. That's not important. What's important is we take the kind of philosophy, the theology, the ideas from this psalm, and we need to place them into our own context. So I will talk about a few situations of my own, and I've asked Philip to get up later on as well and to share some of his story to kind of bed this in our current context. We all, we all face issues in life. We all face threats from people. But we have assurance in our all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful God who is always with us. It says in Proverbs 16, We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. We may throw the dice but the Lord determines how they fall. Ephesians 1. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God has not left us on our own. God has not stepped away and said, sort yourself out. God has not let us face people around us in all kinds of situations and said, just get on with it, tell me when you're finished. Because God is for us and God is with us. 
I'm not going to try and be patronizing in this. I'm sure there are people in here that have suffered at the hands of life, at the hands of people. Illness, death, pain, loss. Specifically here thinking about people, people at work, difficult situations, financial strain, arguments, mental attack, name-calling, slander, insult, physical attack. This could be strangers. It could be to do with family. It could be to do with disputes with your partners, your wife, your husband, your children. All kinds of things come at us. And I'd be really surprised if there was anyone in this room that wasn't aware of some conflict with man. But we know in all of this that God is with us, God is for us. We stand in all of these knowing that he has our back, he has our front, he has our sides, he has our past, he has our future. He determines how life falls. He's always, always with us. All powerful, all knowing, all present. And that is the God that we walk this life in. We are never alone. It says in Hebrews 13, For God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? So when we think and we pause and we say, well, what could have been? What could have been if I made a different decision? To some extent, it doesn't really matter because God is for us, God is with us, God is shaping us, God is helping us. But it's okay to think about what could have been. I'll come back to that. So first one, God is for us. Let's say I'll turn into teacher mode. Now, what's the first point? God is Excellent. What could have been? Secondly, the danger is real. Let's go with that one. The danger is? But it's not ultimate. We're going to face dangers in this world. We're going to face difficult situations in this world. But God is bigger than all of that. Let's read again some of these metaphors. These are great. Uh, Here we go. They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. This is talking about the people that were attacking them in different ways. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. That's quite dramatic, isn't it? Um, This language is quite familiar to people of Israel, the language of fire and burning and destruction and floods. The kind of the land they were in was very susceptible to floods and just washing away homes, washing away people, causing all kinds of problems. Um, It goes on. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. Again, they'll be, they'll be quite used to themselves and their families and the people around us, the experience of battle, fighting, slavery, pain, and kind of physical abuse. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. Again, kind of like that escape from slavery, isn't it, and the, the escape from battle. And when you think about the opposition to Christianity throughout the Bible, you've got Cain killing Abel, you've got Pharisees opposing Jesus, you've got battle after battle throughout history as God's people try to move into the promised land, you've got the Jews opposing Paul. It it goes on and on, and it still goes on today, doesn't it? We all know some opposition at some point in our life. The danger is real. And if God wasn't on our side, okay, there would be no limit to the catastrophe that we could face. If God wasn't on our side and we faced these devastating things, who knows what could happen? It's all down to the luck of the dice, isn't it? It's all down to chance. Anything could happen. And I find that quite a scary thought, going into some of the difficult situations of the world without God on my side, without God watching out for me. I know the dangers are real. I've experienced some of these things. I've had to wrestle with God and process some of the difficult things in life that have happened. 
But in all this, I know that God is watching out for me. So without God, danger becomes destruction. But with God, we can get through these things. Because our God is bigger. The danger is real, but the rescue is too. So number one, God is for us. I like a good PowerPoint. We haven't got a PowerPoint. We're going vocal. Come on, let's do it. God is the danger is but not good. The danger is real, but not ultimate. Silly little example here, but I just feel prompted to share it. Okay? Um, as worship team leaders, um, I don't know if you've noticed, the worship team's done this. It gets bigger, it gets smaller, it gets bigger, it gets smaller. People come, they go, and they go for good reasons. We've had people move on to different churches to lead worship, to do different things. Um, and that's great, and we love it. We love sending people, we love equipping people, we love people being set free. Um, just recently, over the autumn term, we basically um, lost all our drummers. So um, Dan went to be part of another church, and he's currently auditioning for the worship team there, which he's got the confidence to do, which is fantastic. Pete's gone on paternity leave, which, again, is an amazing reason to be doing things. Don't begrudge any of these people. Um, Dan, Pete. Ali, thank you. And, of course, Ali and his family followed God's call, didn't they, to move away from here as well. So all, all legitimate, great reasons to be going. But we said, oh, we've got no drummer. And I love drums. I love rhythm. I love, you know, it's really hard to lead worship on a guitar without some kind of drum going because we just slow down. I've got a real tendency to slow down. But we slow down and we slow down. It all kind of grinds to a bit of a musical halt. So I just wanted to commend Ollie. Um, And for me, okay, we're not talking about death and destruction, but we're talking about a team that Phil and I lead. And it is really hard leading. And actually, God cares about the small situations and the big situations. It's what's important to us, isn't it? Um, Ollie had one of those random conversations with us where he kind of said, yeah, once upon a time when I was at university, I I once played drums with some guys, once, kind of, ish. And of course, Phil and I, being the people who latched onto that, said, Ollie, you're a drummer. Um, but you won't have seen this. Ollie's actually been taking drum lessons, which we've been providing as part of the worship team. He's worked really, really hard. And I thank his family for releasing him to do that. Thank you, Hannah. But we've really appreciated that. And he has worked so hard. And what you're seeing up here when Ollie serves is someone who has, over the course of about four months, gone from, I don't really know what I'm doing, to someone who served us really well. So thank you, Ollie. Appreciate that. He's a good guy. That's the kind of danger we face. Um, thirdly then, so we've got God is for us, the danger is real, and we come back to God is for us. He rescues and delivers us from these difficult situations. He finds the solution. He finds the drummer to come and rescue the worship team. He finds the, the way to get out of the problem. He finds the solution because he knows what is coming anyway. So this psalm finishes with a call to praise. It's a call to praise to remember what could have happened, to remember the power of destruction that the people were facing, and to praise God for what he did to rescue and deliver his people. Okay? If the danger wasn't real, the rescue wouldn't have been real either. Does that make sense? So the danger had to be massive. Because that way, God can show his glory. God can break in and say, actually, you thought that was big? (laughs) I'm bigger. I'm bigger, and I can cope with all of these things. So God is amazing. He is for us, and he is over all things. So 
This is the structure we're looking at the psalm. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and look at this in our own lives, in our, in our own situations, and think, well, how, how do we respond? I'm going to ask Philip to join me at that point, if that's okay. So Philip um, spoke at the men's event a few weeks ago, and I, I love hearing Philip's story. Philip, Wendy are people of faith. They're people of real strength. I've known them for 20-ish years now. Um, and they're great. So I've just asked Philip to share a little bit of his walk and his story with us this morning. Is that right? Thank you, Philip. I think it's because Aaron's on stage. I don't want you to miss this, because it's a great story. Just hold on. The, um, just to say, the, the school had a few upgrades in their systems, which has just caused a few little gremlins in our system today. So thanks, Aaron, for all you're doing. To okay, so hopefully you heard the introduction. So 17 years ago, everything was going really well in our lives. But over a period of time... Our lives changed dramatically. Our older daughter became chronically ill. She had a virus. Um, The virus just got worse, never got better. And in the end, she was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. A very debilitating illness, and the doctors could do nothing to make her well. Sometime later, our younger daughter decided that she no longer wanted to come to church with us. And she decided that she didn't want to follow God. And then, a little bit later still, our son went off the rails, got himself into a huge mess, um, which caused untold stress on us all. Now, I know, as I say those things, many of you have experienced or are experiencing similar things, and you will know how painful they can be. I often thought, what is going to happen to my family, where is this going to end up? So what did I do, and what did God do? I cried, actually, quite often. And I remember one particular time when I was in my lounge on, the, on my knees crying out to God, and God spoke to me through Psalm 18, reminding me that he is my fortress, my rock, my saviour. He is the one who hears when I cry to him in my distress. I worshipped God. I learnt that actually, despite my circumstances, God doesn't change and he is always worthy of worship. Sometimes on Sunday mornings, I would be standing or kneeling in worship with tears streaming down my face. It was often a sacrifice of praise. Many times when the storm overwhelmed us, Wendy and I would cry out together to God in prayer. And often the circumstances didn't seem to change, but his peace came in like a flood on many times. I used to pray and fast one day a week. I would miss lunch and go off and walk and pray for as long as I could get away. And God really met with me during those times. God spoke to me. He promised healing, salvation and deliverance for my children. 
Often the circumstances were terrible and they weighed down heavily. I like to think of it like scales of faith, the circumstances weighing down heavily. But on so many times I said to God, I choose to believe that the whisper of your word is more powerful and heavier than the weight of those circumstances. And I choose to believe you and that raised my faith and helped me to go on with God. It's what we call strengthening ourselves in God. Wendy and I chose to continue to be committed to our local church, to go to church, to um, keep going to life group. Loads of people were praying for us. Loads of people were supporting us. We chose to say yes to God in the midst of our troubles. He asked us to pack up our lives in Bishop Stortford and to come here, and we did that. During these times, God was on our side. He protected and shepherded us and our family. One day, we took our ill daughter to Leicester to start studying medicine. She could only walk short distances. Um, Every evening, she would spend on the couch with um, ice packs to try and take away some of the pain. She didn't even have the energy to pack the day before. We took her up to Leicester. We left her there. And within two hours, God healed her totally. Obviously, I can still remember that, even though it was 11 years ago. And I can remember how hard it was for us to do that. Anna has met with Jesus and given her life life to him. And those of you who know her will have seen the fruit of her salvation and her relationship with Jesus in her life. And in the last year, Jesus has saved our son. And he is going on with God. (laughs) He knows God, has forgiven him, and wiped his slate clean. He has been given a second chance with God. I think you will agree that through all of it, we can say that God was on our side. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Philip, and thank you, Wendy. So just looking at the pattern in this psalm, what if the Lord had not been on our side? What if the Lord hadn't been in their life? Can't get so emotional now. Um, No, what if... What if, what could have been? What could have been? But God is for us. God is with us. God speaks into our lives. And God rescues us. He rescues us from the storm. He rescues us from destruction, from death, from all kinds of terrible, terrible things. And what I really felt at this point was that God just wanted to say to some people, it's okay and it's good to acknowledge what could have been. I think sometimes we think back into difficult situations and we think, oh, I'm not even going to think about it. What could have been? Oh, no, I don't want to think about it because it it could have been awful. And we kind of push things down and push things away. But I felt when I read this psalm, this is saying acknowledge those things. Because when we acknowledge the death, the destruction, the pain, the hurt, the difficulties, as we acknowledge those things, we can say, look what God is doing. 
We can pray to God and ask for his deliverance, ask for his rescue. We can thank him for what he's doing. We can praise him for what he's doing. We can turn the glory back to him. But I just felt there was going to be some people here today who might just be thinking, I just can't think about that thing because it's just too painful. It hurts too much. It's too scary what could have been. It's too scary and I just don't want to. But I just feel like God is provoking and encouraging us to, to face those things. What could have been? What could have been if my God wasn't watching out for me? What it could have been if my God hadn't intervened? And I'm going to encourage you to talk to Jesus about that, but talk to people. Just be honest. Wow, I was in this situation. Someone I know was in this situation. It could have been awful, but God rescued me. God delivered me. So just bear that in mind as we're worshipping and praying later on. Okay, so we're going to kind of ground the context of this then into three, three applications, and then we're going to worship our, our Jesus. So, number one, we said that God is for us. Let's say that. God is what could have been. The danger is, but not. And God is for us. He delivers and he rescues. Okay? So, application number one. There's three of these. First of all, salvation. Majority of people in this room know a relationship with God. That is wonderful. That is fantastic. That is the ultimate rescue plan. The biggest danger, the biggest threat we could ever face is eternal separation from God. To walk in this world alone without his love and care and power in our lives. And I would encourage you, if you don't yet know that God, if you haven't yet said, I want to follow Jesus, I want to walk in this world that he created with him in my life. If you've not done that, I encourage you to stop waiting. Just stop waiting. It's going to happen at some point anyway. So just make that decision and get on with it. And get on with walking with Jesus because he loves you. And it's amazing what he'll open your eyes to in that walk. Um, I said I became a Christian at university. I grew up in a Christian home, the kind of home where you know there's a God. You, you know, you, you pray for stuff. And I was always asking, asking, asking God, I want a bike, I want a computer, I want a girlfriend, I want a friend. Help me in this situation. It was ask, 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 ask. I went to university, and I had a lot of fun at university. I met a lot of people, but ultimately I felt a bit lonely, a bit empty, a bit confused. And then I met two really key people. One was a guy called Phil Taylor, who I played in a band with at uni. Um, and actually, he took me on an alpha course. I still can't even quite remember how we ended up talking about it and getting to the alpha, but he took me on alpha. And there was a, a girl who was in her third or fourth year living in my halls in my first year. Um, her name was Mandy. And then, again, there was something about her that was just a bit different. And all these strange things happen. You look back and you think, how did that happen? So I had a Why Jesus booklet. She put that under my door. I had um, John's Gospel. Again, I'm fairly certain she put that under my door. Um, and those were just some of the key things that made me realize that becoming a cross Christian was because God wanted to have a relationship with me. He didn't want me to just keep knocking on his door going, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. What he wanted me to do was come to him to stop and to listen. And as soon as I realized that, that's when I gave my life to Christ, when I started to listen. I started to read his word and see what he was saying. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and started to hear what God was prompting. I surrounded myself with good people who knew Jesus 
who spoke into my life, and that's when my life changed. So if any of that kind of relates to you and you're not there yet, I just encourage you, the danger is real. The danger is real, eternal separation from God. Walking in this world without the creator God with you and in it. I just encourage you to make a decision. If you want to talk to someone, talk to me, talk to pretty much anyone here. They'd love to have that conversation with you. Secondly then, for us that already know God, have already made that commitment, I would say personal thanksgiving. We're coming back to this again. Spend time with God, go in. Where are we going? Deeper. We're going to go deeper with God. And this is really important, okay? As we go on this journey of being real, what could have been? The dangers around me are real, but I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to pray for these things, and I'm going to get through them because you're going to deliver me and rescue me, Lord. So get deeper. Get to know God more. Get to recognize his voice. Get to recognize his voice as you read your Bible, as you pray, as you spend time with other believers. Keep a journal. This is my journal. Things we face in life, write it down. You know, like they've written down here when they were singing, you know. They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. If you're facing difficult situations, write them down. Give them over to God. Pray. That's how we deal with these things. We pray, and then you're going to open up your journal when you read it, and you're going to flip back through. And you're going to say, oh, yeah, back in January, I was praying for my friend. And look what happened. They're better. They're healed. And you can kind of flick back through your journal and see different accounts of things you've faced, things people around you have faced. But it's great to have that log, and it's great fun to go through and tick and date stuff and say, boom, God answered that prayer. God answered that prayer. God answered that prayer. That's what I love. There's all kinds of things in here. My journal is mostly full of preach notes, things I've read in the Bible. And I'm going to be really honest with you here, Tim. I've not been writing down enough stuff in this book this year. Okay? When I was preparing for this preach, I wanted to go back through and remember some of the answers to prayer that God's given me in the last 12 months. And they're not in here. But I know God has answered prayers in the last 12 months, but I've just been lazy and I've not written them down. That's my fault. So I'm making a pledge to write more stuff down. I wanted to be able to flick through here and go, in the last 12 months, hey, I prayed for this. and God, It's not about me, it's about God. But it's not there because I've been lazy. I haven't written enough stuff down. So if you want to join with me, write everything down. Then flick back through it. I've been able to do it in the past. I can't at the moment. I know in the last 12 months, God has done so much. I led worship with a stomach pain about a year ago, in fact. It was about this time last year. Um, the next morning, I was in hospital having my appendix out. God looked after me. The doctor realized straight away, pretty much you're stupid, go to hospital, but he realized straight away what was wrong with me. I had a good doctor that could see me early, early on the Monday morning. They took my appendix out. I'm fine. Then last time I was preaching, I kind of mocked myself a little bit, saying I had a pain in my arm, and, and maybe you know, I was being a bit of a, a man, and just kind of complaining about this pain. We had a little joke about it. Okay, that night I was back in hospital. I had an abscess on my arm. I'd left it too long. The infection had got into my bloodstream or my body, and I had to be admitted to hospital to go on a drip and sort myself out. But God was watching over me. We've prayed in those situations. Lord, just let this be fixed. I didn't want to have to go through all the horrible things associated with an abscess. I didn't have to. I literally spent, what, two days on a drip, and it was all fine. They didn't have to cut anything, do anything gross. Brilliant. We prayed to God, he answered prayers. Is it in this book? No, it's not. Should it be in this book? I wish I'd written it all down, and I'm writing it down now, because I know he's done plenty of things. So that's 
my personal response that I need to do better. I'm almost on the 40 minutes. Okay, so personal thanksgiving. Spend that time with God, go in deeper, see what he does. Let's remember what he's done in our lives. And thirdly then, communal thanksgiving. When we come together in public, we can follow this same model. What if the Lord had not been on our side? These are the things we face. What could have happened, but look what God has done. And if anyone in this room has a story of what God has done in their lives, I encourage you to share it, to deal with those things, to face them head on and say, look what God did in my life. We can do that in lots of ways. We can do that on a Sunday morning. We try and give a bit of space. We like to do that in that kind of first bit of worship. We like to hear stories. We've heard from Ellie and Sophie giving their life to Jesus, making that commitment. We heard from Jenny today about how God is working in her lives. We love to hear those stories of what God is doing, to sing these psalms of ascent about how God has delivered us. So I encourage you to do that. If you've got a story you want to share, Melanie Stewart, Philippa, myself, just let us know. Say, can I share this story? And we'll help you find a way. Sometimes it's a Sunday. Sometimes it might be life group. Most life groups that meet in the week here have WhatsApp groups. Who's in a WhatsApp group with life group? Come on, be honest. There we go. So what's been in our WhatsApp group this week? Um, Sarah, who's in our life group, um, mentioned a friend at school. She'd met this lady in the playground. She had a son who was not sleeping. Three children. Her son was not sleeping. He was waking up every hour in the night, possibly because of his eczema, not really sure why, but she was tired. She needed help. She needed her son to sleep. So what did Sarah do? Sarah followed the prompting of God and prayed for her there and then in the playground, prayed prayed for the son to sleep. Amazing. That's brave. But then she put it on the WhatsApp group and said, life group, will you pray? Will you stand with me and pray for this thing? So of course everyone texts back, of course we will. Yes, 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 lots of love, heart, 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 and all that stuff, and funny little images. But then what happens? We get a message back from Sarah. Okay, the mum said he slept better last night than he has in ages. Fantastic, let's pray some more. Next message, he's slept all the way through. So this child had slept all the way through till 5 a.m. Now for a mum of three kids, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? And that's pretty good days. But then she said, I think it worked. What's she talking about? She's talking about the power of God. Yeah? So we share these stories. It is faith building to get these stories. Um, Dan, do you want to start coming up? Thank you. So let's pull all this together. God is... What is it? God is... For us. I work in a school. Come on. The danger is... But not... Because God is... So let's face these things. Let's remember these things. Let's give God the glory that he deserves for acting, for rescuing, for saving us. Can I invite you to stand? We're going to go into time of worship and continue to praise our God. I'd love to just pray for us as we finish. Jesus. Yeah, dear God, we... We look back over our own lives, Lord. We look back over history. What could have been? Ultimately, Lord, had you not died on the cross for us, what could have been? Eternal separation from our Father God. But you had a plan. You came to earth and you rescued us in the ultimate rescue plan. And we thank you 
for our salvation, Lord Jesus. But still, when we look at our own lives, we say, what could have been? What could have been? Death, destruction, pain, hurt, sorrow. Yes, we still have to walk through these things. We, we live in a fallen world. Yes, we still have to walk through these things, Lord. But we walk through them knowing that the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God is with us in all things. And we want to focus and we want to celebrate, Lord, where you have intervened, where you have broken in and set us free from destruction, where you have rescued us time and time again, Lord. And if there's people here today, Lord, that have pushed things away, difficult situations, things that said, actually, I don't want to remember that. I pray you'll help us, Lord, to speak those out, to communicate, to bring them out in the open and say, wow, what could have been, but my God is good. Because I know, Lord, you're going to walk through all the difficulties of life with us. I don't know how they're going to turn out. Only you do, Lord. But I do know that you will walk through them with us. You will guide, you will provoke, you will challenge, you will save, you will rescue. You are with us and you are for us, Lord. And I pray that every single person as we leave this place today just walks in that full assurance that our God loves us, he knows us, he cares for us. Lord, we we celebrate your hand in our lives, your hand in this world, Lord, in your world, Lord Jesus. Amen.